Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to A Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my grumpy fiance, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Grumpy you are. <laughs> We've had a good week she here. She made me watch that fucking it movie. It is August 8th. 1998. It is. Eight months through the year, Carol, almost to 1999. 1999? Yeah. Wow. That's the next year. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I just... You thought it was going backwards? It was going to be 1997 I next? thought it was going to be 1998. We're in 1998. I know that. I'm very tired. Wow. Well, you know what? what isn't tired? The premise of a gay sitcom. Okay. Gay sitcom doesn't want to alienate viewers. Uh, Eric McCormack, uh, front left, plays a gay lawyer. And Deborah Messing, right, run, front right, what? No. Front right. Since we can't see the picture, I think we're okay with that. All right. Plays his straight roommate in Will and Grace. The supporting cast includes Megan Mullally and Sean Hayes. Okay. What do you think? Uh, Could be interesting, I guess. I mean, that's different. Playing it gay. Of course, there's one other big difference between Ellen and Will and Grace. While Ellen mirrored star Ellen DeGeneres' own public coming out as a lesbian, McCormick, the male lead on Will and Grace, is a married heterosexual in real life. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's right. He only plays gay on TV. But Max Mutchik, who created Will and Grace with his writing partner David Cohen, is gay. And already he's received some criticism because the character of Will isn't jumping in bed with men and kissing them on the series premiere. Get over it, says Mutchik. He probably said it like this, so get over it. <laughs> Who previously created Boston Common. I'm very honest in the way I live my life. So we can only base it, the show, on what we know in our experience. And I can uh, and I can base it on what I know in my gay experience. I don't think we'll be hiding a single thing. Okay. So uh, what do you think? The, the guy playing the gay guy is straight well i hope he's a good actor maybe they could have gotten a gay guy maybe there's no gay actors out there <laughs> it is interesting considering tom cruise wasn't available allegedly <laughs> don't sue us tom cruise it is interesting though because there are so very many gay actors why they would choose a straight man unless i mean i guess he just did it well maybe yeah. he, he fits the idea they have i don't know but uh anyway it's premiering uh in the next month or so so, William and Grace, what do you think? I think that sounds like a pretty proper name. Sounds like a hospital. <laughs> I don't know. Will we watch it? I would like to check it out. Tune in to find out. <laughs> Another thing you can tune in and find out, if I can find the fucking page. All righty then. Um, Jim Carrey where? What? 
nothing. Uh, have you heard of Dave and Busters? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Okay. Have you? No. They just opened on Park Avenue uh, in the intersection of M59 and Van Dyke in Utica. I'm not familiar with them. so. Oh, well, my friend checked it out. They well, liked it. Dave and Busters serves lots of food, lots of fun. Like a carnival or casino, I love Dave and Busters. Leaving one night last week after almost four hours, I surveyed the loot that four of us left with two cheap wristwatches, one coffee mug, one ashtray, three <laughs> sheets of stickers with our photographs on them, and three photographs of what our children might look like. <laughs> Interesting. A, a machine morphs the faces of couples who sit in a special booth, and now my 50-something friends are pining for a newborn. <laughs> We also spent more than $200 on games, dinners, and drinks. Oh, wow. Dave and Buster's is not an inexpensive night out. The average visitor, according to D&B's statistics, spends $17.50. I'm not sure you'd be able to do that. Huh. What do you think? Should we... They have power cards, plastic credit cards, that are charged with chips that you need to play. What do you think? Should we should we check out Dave and Buster's? So, it, I don't know. They described it weird that it's like a arcade and a casino. Like, are you making money? Because if you're not making money, then how is it like a casino? Losing money, I guess that's like sure. a casino. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, I guess instead of gaining money, you're gaining cheap wristwatches and <laughs> nightmare abominations of your faces mashed up <laughs> into children. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it sounds fun, though. You know what else kind of sounds fun? What? Is Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage. No, it doesn't. Nicolas Cage and Gary Sinise and Carla uh, Gugino. Sounds stupid. Come on, we could watch it. We could be a couple of snake guys talking snake eyes. Well, I mean, you dragged me to one movie I didn't want to see this week. Why not drag me to another? Not time yet, Carol. Uh huh. But yes, I did. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll watch Snake, guys. Anyway, one more story here. Because there's another new movie coming out. Halloween Water. That is not its name. Halloween H2O. That's there water. There you go. That's water. Sure. Halloween it add water. doesn't quite have the same ring to it, though. Halloween white t-shirt. Just add water. <laughs> um. No, it's... Uh, it's She's back. Jamie Lee Curtis is back in the Halloween movies. I do like Jamie Lee Curtis. After not being in the Halloween movies. So this article just talks about how horror movies suck, essentially. <laughs> not a fan of horror movies. Well, the the, first they suck. The first Halloween one praise, but it inspired a host of horrors. By the time the slasher film had become an established genre, Halloween was being blamed for numerous crimes. It clearly did not commit. So you tell me how much blood there is in Halloween, director John Carpenter once asked a journalist who had smugly accused him of opening the gore gates of er, contemporary cinema, and then I'm sure he took a drag off of 400 cigarettes. <laughs> John Carpenter smokes a lot. Uh, the right answer, not a drop. Is there no blood in Halloween? Like all the great horror in movies. In any of them? The first one. 
Like, I think there's some blood in it. Like all the great horror movies, Carpenter's film worked purely by suggestion. Hmm. I guess. It suggests that they're in the Midwest <laughs> with their one bag of leaves that they scatter around and the different uh, things. Or the school that's, that Jamie Lee Curtis goes to where the lockers are outside, which does not happen in any Midwestern city. Right? I remember we watched that re- like fairly recently. There's so many things you can look at in that movie, and it's like, that's this is clearly shot in California. Right. They must not have had a travel budget. Yeah, well, no. But that, like, that first one was so low budget. Why? Well, I guess because it's Halloween, and, and Halloween doesn't mean as much when there aren't leaves. Yeah, exactly. We uh, spent a Halloween in the desert. It was depressing. Yes, we did. But anyway, it goes it goes talking about how great uh, how the first Halloween is, and then it says... Um, uh, talks about how uh, Halloween inspired Friday the 13th, which is correct. I mean, Sean Cunningham uh, basically said, hey, we saw Halloween was super popular, and we were like, how can we copy that? And that is what they did. Well, congratulations. It worked, right? I guess, yeah. But uh, so the new Halloween, I don't know. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. I'm not that interested. The Halloween series is morally bankrupt. We, We already... We already watched um, that one with uh, Paul Paul Finrud. Halloween Six, I think it was. I don't remember. <laughs> don't you remember? There was like a, a group of people trying to hunt him down, and there was like there was a radio show, and Paul Rudd was young Tommy from the first movie, and oh yeah, yeah kind of, kind of. It, it sucked. Yeah. Anyway, so speaking of things that sucked, Carol, according to you. We watched a film, not basketball, not baseball, but basketball. Now, what in the actual fuck were you thinking? What do you mean? I mean, like, you make me watch sports movies sometimes. Yeah. You make me watch terrible comedies sometimes. (laughs) And I can make it through one or the other, but you put them together. And that's not okay. I didn't make this movie, Karen. But you made me watch it. You didn't like this? You know I didn't like it. You knew I wasn't going to like it. There was no possibility that I was going to like this piece of shit. I didn't see the film before we watched it. You knew. (laughs) (laughs) So, we saw Basketball. from Now, starring uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone... From South Park. Yeah, they they brought out those lovely voices once or twice. They did, yes. They they weren't credited as writers, but I have to think that there's at least they at least helped a little on the script, I would think. I mean, with the, the genius of breast milk squirting out of a man? Sure. I'm sure they can take some credit. Dying to. <laughs> but this is Mostly credited to director David Zucker, who you may remember from hit films such as Airplane and the Naked Gun movies. Now, I don't remember those movies. Oh, yeah. You, they we have, watched one of the Naked Gun movies for this. I think the third one. I'm pretty sure I hated it, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. Did. See? Another clue. 
another breadcrumb that this is not a Carol movie. <laughs> so, so top secret. This is not. I liked this movie. I think Top Secret is the best of those movies, the Zucker Brothers movies. Oh, I was wondering what the fuck you were talking about. It's We'll watch it one day. Maybe. No, we won't. With, with Val Kilmer, and he's a plays like, it's like a spy spoof movie. But uh, that's the funniest, I think, of their, of their movies. Um, this, I enjoyed. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Because you have no taste. But... There are, you know, it's not without its problems. It all it has are problems. I mean, the entire premise of the movie is fucking five stupid. Things. Five. Okay. Um, they have a child who's dying of liver disease, <laughs> drinking alcohol, and he lives. They have, as I already... He's able to go through... He's able to go through liver transplant surgery mere hours after getting completely drunk at a bar. Um, as I already mentioned, there's breast milk yeah. squirting out of a man. For man. Ugh. Man milk. I mean, it'd be gross no matter who it's coming out of, but nasty. Um, let's see. The... what? How did they say Vagina. <laughs> How how they? It was so. Vagina. I don't. I, it, it was. It was. It was a take on those uh, Australian beer commercials. Fosters. It's like Fosters Australian for beer. He showed a man's butt and he said San Franciscan for vagina. Awful. Awful. It's vagina just for the with the terrible Australian accent. Um, the fact that they came up with this stupid sport that is basketball, basically, I think it's an interesting idea for a sport. It's it. It's not. Okay. I mean, it's stu- they've got guys telling jokes and and doing things to distract. The, that's not sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really cheap humor, I guess. But as they said, anyone can do it because it requires almost no skill. So let's explain, like writing this uh, I, I'm only on four. Oh. You wanted five. <laughs> five. The love interest. Uh-huh. Yes, is, believe. Yeah, she's actually like nice and nice looking and smart. Uh-huh. And she goes for one of these assholes. Is she smart? Ish. Yeah. Enough. She's not given much. Age she's way out of their league. Yeah, probably. All right, there there were my five. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, I actually I actually know Yasmin Bleeth's husband, by the way. You do? Yes. How? Uh, he, okay, I don't want to get too personal here. He used to work at a place that my brother worked. Okay. And I, you know, met him, talked to him, and uh, she came in one day and essentially just fell in love with him. Huh. Some ordinary guy. Interesting. Uh, anyway, so um, let's let everyone know what basketball is about. Sure. You, you go right ahead and tell them. It's Matt Parker and Trey Stone. Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who are losers uh, They've after they've graduated high school. 
I think it's been like five years or so since I've graduated high school, supposedly. They're like in their mid-20s, I guess. And um, one day, they come up with this idea for a game. I mean, the whole thing starts with, don't, didn't you think that the beginning was kind of interesting? I thought it was weird that they, in this hour and a half long movie, they spent the first ten minutes explaining their thesis well, of I mean, the movie to us. But. It's kind of like an alternate history or whatever. Like, It's not really alternate, though. It's like, so, what do you mean? What are you looking at me like that for? It's not really alternate. Okay. Because they talk about... How way back when, you know, sports was meant as like, a, you know, the, the ultimate showcase of, of the achievements of man. And it was grace and, and all this stuff and everything, right? And then how the game was cheapened by free agency and teams moving. Like the, the Lakers used to be in Minnesota. They were the Minneapolis Lakers. Called the Lakers because Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. Mm-hmm. And then they moved to Los Angeles, like, as they say, where there are no lakes. And, you know, the New Orleans jazz moved and became the Utah jazz. So all that stuff on the map that was happening was true? Yes. Oh, see, I just assumed it wasn't true. I mean, they... I don't know anything about sports. And then, uh, you know, yeah, and, and te- players change teams and everything. It's, you know, it's it, it's... People are getting disillusioned with sports nowadays. They do the they talk about the the grandstanding celebrations and everything. There are a lot of excessive celebrations, I think, for even just pedestrian plays. So that's their premise. They start this league uh, as like an antithesis of all that, where players they have rules where players can't change teams. Mm-hmm. That seems illegal. Yeah, <laughs> like. The reserve clause from baseball. Sorry to talk about sports, everyone, but it's almost impossible to talk about this It's movie a sports movie. Without talking about sports. But the reserve clause in baseball was challenged in the Supreme Court of the United States by Kurt Flood, center fielder for the Cincinnati Reds, in the, in the early 80s. And he won. His closest legal precedent was the indentured servitude of the, the 17th century. Wow. So he won, and... They, the Supreme Court said the reserve clause is illegal. Can't do it. So I don't think you could... I don't think you could bar t- players from changing teams. Right. Okay. Again, though, fiction. You so. could bar teams from leaving cities, I suppose. Yeah. That, I, I mean, definitely you could do. So they form uh, this team. And they need to win a championship. But... Ernest Borgnine, the, they're the... The big, the person, the billionaire that started the league with them dies, and he leaves the team to them, but only if they can win a championship. It starts in their driveway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not like it doesn't start out as like, oh, this is some real sport. It's just dudes goofing around with a basketball net. Exactly, but I mean that's how James Naismith was just goofing around with a peach basket <laughs> and a volleyball or whatever. He invented okay. basketball. Sure. Um, or a soccer ball or something. I don't know. What he was, I don't know what he played with first. But anyway, um, so I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I thought it's so. It's hard for me to explain why I liked it, other than I thought that there was. I thought it was humorous. I thought there were funny parts about it. There were stupid parts too. There was some gross 
potty humor, and that's not really my type of humor, but... Most of this humor was lowbrow. What uh, what humor did you see that was not gross potty humor or just stupid? So they get Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries mm-hmm. when Coop, uh, which that's whatever, uh, I think it's Trey Parker, but he looks like a Matt. Okay. Um, they, I think they look like each other's names. <laughs> like, they look like they should swap names. Anyway, so when he goes missing, he does this whole thing like, where is Joseph R. Cooper? And uh, his buddy goes, for all I care, he's hanging by his neck in his fucking closet. And he goes, scenario number one, he's hanging by his neck in his fucking closet. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So you just laughed just now. Yeah, and I probably chuckled at that in the theater. That was maybe one... One funny line in the whole two and a half hours, or what about the what about the song? What song that he's listening to on the radio in his car, which just is completely explaining his life, what's going on in his life right now? I don't even know what you're talking about. It's that when you're down that you gotta get up. Look out ahead, there's a truck changing lanes. Obviously, made a big impression on me. Wow, you don't remember that at all? No. Were you nodding off? Maybe. Is that when you were servicing me? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> um, I, I thought there were some funny things. Victoria Silvestead, play mid of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one one problem I did have is the Zucker Brothers movies are known for filling the frame with comedy. Okay. Right. There's there's a conversation or something going on in the foreground, and there's stuff happening in the background. Comedy stuff happening in the background. Sure. They did that a few times in this movie. Like when they win the championship, they're all celebrating, and their little buddy Squeaks is getting the shit beat out of him by one guy. Or they, no, not when they won the championship. When they uh, made it into the playoffs, um, he psyched a guy out by talking about his dead mother. Uh-huh. And then he, they're beating the shit out of him in the background, just doing like a bunch of d- different stuff. And all, all the talking's in the foreground, and that's a background gag, which is fine. But they screwed up the one, it w- and it would have been much more funny if they'd done it right. At the beginning of the movie, when they win the championship, when they're just playing in their driveway... And this league formed around the neighborhood and everything. It wasn't professional or anything. It was just like guys having fun and they'd all got together and, and did it. Um, and they somehow got Kato Kalin from the OJ trial to be the announcer or whatever. Um, after it's over, Ernest Borgnine comes up and talks to him. And he's like, hey, we want to make it, uh, we want to make it a professional league or whatever. There's a group of guys that were on a roof, sitting on a roof, doing like the wave and stuff like that, and they start to fall off the roof while they're talking. The one the one guy, uh, Trey Parker, looks at them. The camera closes up on them and then pulls back, you know, and like they're while they're falling and everything, right? But it it draws focus to it. It makes it a thing. Like, look at this. And they have the character look at that. 
It's so much funnier when the two characters talking are oblivious to the chaos going on in the background. Okay. And the chaos is just going around and only we can see it. That's what makes the joke funny. That would have been so much funnier if they're having a conversation about, I don't know if we should do, do professional baseball and everything. It's like, look at all these people. They're celebrating. And, stuff. and there's people falling off the roof, like screaming and dying in the background that they don't notice. That would have been so much funnier. Hmm. I don't know. To me, there was just no funnier because it just wasn't funny at all. Wow. It was just gross and ew, and not good. And and it it had a quality that was almost like otherworldly. Like there was not much. I didn't feel like I was watching a movie like, oh, this could happen. You know? Like, most of it felt very surreal, and, like, it, there's no way any of it could happen. I wonder if part of that is, I think, that the, the budget... I don't know what the budget is on this movie, but I will say another criticism. I'm talking about a lot of criticisms I have with this movie. I, it sucks. I do like this movie, but there are there were certain shots in this movie that I was like, this looks like a TV show. Okay. This looks like a Saturday Night Live skit or something like that. There's one part where uh, they first uh, bring in that one dude, Squeak, and um, they're in the room, right? They're in, like, what's going to be his room, and he's got a little, like, doggy fucking place to sleep and everything, mm-hmm. and the camera kind of wheels around, and it's a three-shot. It's the two, the three of them standing there, right? And it's so close, and hand. it looks almost handheld, the camera or whatever, mm-hmm. It, it looks like a TV show. It's really, it's poorly framed, and the lighting is wrong. The lighting's flat. It's not cinematic in any way. It's flat. It's even. There are bare walls behind them. It, lo- it looks like a TV show. And then after they leave, and he goes to the window uh, and opens up the window, and then the, like the dog jumps at him and everything. He's like, "Oh, at least they want me on the team." Yeah, I'm on the team, you know, or whatever. And then the dog attacks him. That also looks at the lighting is just off. The cinematography is not good in that scene. Well, I mean, even earlier when the dog first attacks him before Squeak has moved in and mm-hmm. he throws him over the fence and stuff, like it doesn't look real. The, I mean. Uh, I don't uh, think that's supposed to look real. No, there's a lot of things in the movie that aren't supposed to look real. Mm -hmm. This movie was made by the creators of South Park, right? Well, no. It was made by the creator of Airplane and the Naked Gun movies. Okay. They're just starring in it. I'm as shocked as you. When I saw they were in it, I was like, hey, they probably wrote this movie. And I looked at the credits. They're not credited writers. I feel like it would have been a better like cartoon movie because I think my expectations for reality would be lower. And then I yeah. might think things were funnier. But this is a live action movie where we're supposed to believe is happening in actual reality. And there are so many things that happen that wouldn't like... The physical comedy bits are ridiculous. When the kids, you know, in the hospital, that is a little over the top. A little. It was. It would have been funny, yeah, if it was a cartoon. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Not even a hundred percent. You didn't think it was funny when he said to the fat guy, "I'm fucking fat." <laughs> when he did the Cartman voice. No, I didn't. It was like, hey, hey, remember, I'm Cartman. I don't love South Park. It's fine. There are... Yeah. There are... 
There are. I kiss my papa. <laughs> there are a couple funny bits, but overall, it's a little much. And this movie was like South Park on crack. I don't think it was like South Park at all. I think they clearly didn't write the script. I think there are a few things, some lines, uh, maybe even a bit or two that I'm like, I think they, I think they have unofficial rewrites on the script. Like I think they said, "Hey, why don't we do this or why don't we do that?" Maybe I, I, I 100% think that happened. But I think most of the script it looks and sounds like a Zucker Brothers script. Okay. So I, I think it's a lot of them, but it's just they're I don't. Maybe their sensibility is is eighties, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Airplane came out in nineteen eighty. Naked Gun movie, I think, was the the original one. I believe was like eighty eighty eight or eighty seven or something like that. I maybe maybe their best stuff was just in the eighties. As you get older, I think you lose touch with what what is funny yeah, in mainstream. And I I think maybe that's happening with with Zuckers. But I did. There, there was still stuff I really liked about this movie. Okay, what's something you really liked about the movie? Well, I mean, you talk about the premise, and, like, I think the satirization of sports, I think, is spot on. Okay. I mean, they're talking about Denslow, Ernest Borgnine's character, dies, and they, uh, the owner of the Dallas team, the Dallas felons, by the way, which is pretty funny, uh, is like, uh, oh, it's a, it's a sad uh, moment for... Uh, you know, for sports everywhere. Ah! And he's like giving thumbs up, celebrating and stuff. And like everyone's going crazy in the background, like, uh, uh, like swinging around and stuff like that. Cause they're celebrating this, this victory. A man's died, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, I, I mean, I think that's funny. Sure. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's the episode. Cause I think you're going to fucking pass out. <laughs> I had one more thing I wanted to oh, say. Tell me, tell me, what do you want to say about this movie? I think it failed to make me give a shit because, like, you're supposed to care about the main characters and the story. Yeah, and it was so surreal that I didn't care. Like at the end when they won, I barely remembered why they were even trying to win. <laughs> what what they were trying, like the whole thing. It, it, in my opinion, and I think to most people probably, mm-hmm. this movie's a giant failure. I I think that, like, I think they wasted Jenny McCarthy in this movie. Wh- who is she? The blonde one. Okay. Like, she was the, she's Denslow's wife, and then he dies, and suddenly she's Robert Vaughn's, like, fucking, uh, you know, second banana, I guess. Like, henchwoman. I... I I don't understand. That was stupid, too. The laying carpet and all that bit. Oh, that was stupid. Like, beyond stupid. Like, you've got this this hot chick, like, oh, I'm laying carpet, and she's actually doing it. Like, why is that supposed to be fun? Like, don't, like, just fuck her. I don't don't get it. It's just not my humor. He didn't want to. He never wanted to have sex with her. Why is it funny that he didn't want to have sex with her? I don't know. Exactly. Because it's not. I also think that it's funny at the end, she's just like her and uh, the other one, Matt Stone or just, or Matt Parker or whatever the fuck his name is, are just making out. Mm-hmm. They're just like, they're going to be together now. He's with, the other one's with Jad, Yasmin Bleeth. Now they're together. Because they're supposed to have women because this is a guy fantasy movie with sports and women. 
Well, yeah, you're not wrong. It is a guy fantasy movie for sure. So. It's an average Joe fantasy movie. Yeah. Because the average Joe can't be a sports star like Reggie Jackson. And I am an average Jill, so it's not my movie. No. You don't identify with uh, Yasmin Bleed? Nah. Sorry. Well, that is, uh, that's the episode, Carol. All right. So you can write us at Latefee1994AWOL.com. Yes. Check out our website at www.RetroLateFee.com. Mm-hmm. And share the tapes with your friends. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.